Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 366 and we're talking about the best places to taste beer around the world. That's right. It's going to be a good show. And we're coming to you from a co-working space in Prague in the Czech Republic where Linda's been studying for the last couple of weeks. I feel like this is a very, very appropriate place to record this particular podcast because Prague has so much awesome beer. And in preparation for recording this episode, we have been drinking some, so you're welcome. (laughs) Got to do the research. That's right. Got to do the research. Yeah, we've been to to several bars that have been recommended by friends and your colleagues around the place in Prague. Yeah, I think it's really useful to know people, you know, because they take you places and they recommend places. Like just yesterday, I was talking to one of my teachers and she said, oh, this is a great bar I like to go to. And it turns out it was really near our place. So we promptly, with some of my classmates, went to that bar. <laughs> and it was really nice. What's it called? Zlakashi, I think it was. Kasi. Yeah, yeah. I can never pronounce anything when I when I look at it here and when it's mm-hmm. written in Czech to when what I hear people say. It's a bit like French for me. Yeah. It, there's such a disconnect between what I think the letters represent and how they sound. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's been really good. We've been to lots of really cool bars, like one called Cantina with our friend Charlie, another one called Va Kahuti with um, one of my classmates, Hannah, and I went to one called U Meditku with Maroni. Nice. Well, before we kick into all of these wonderful places to drink beer around the world, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Visit Milwaukee. Go and check out episode 363 for some of the top things to do in Milwaukee, like drinking beer. Yes, I think drinking beer is a very good point to make because Milwaukee is known as the brew city for good reason. It has a brewing heritage that lasts over a century, which is fairly long. Yeah, yeah. Companies like Miller, Paps, Blast and Schlitz all have their roots in the city. And nowadays, there are heaps of award-winning modern craft breweries as well. If you're not into beer, you're probably not listening to this episode. But (laughs) Milwaukee also has heaps of festivals, art gallery, the Harley-Davidson Museum, lots and lots of stuff to do. So thanks. Visit Milwaukee for sponsoring this episode of the Indie Travel Podcast. So we wanted to talk about our favorite places to drink beer around the world. Now, of course, this is a subjective list. Um, It's only the places that we have been to. But uh, we are working on expanding this list. We're trying to find new places to drink beer. And we'll, we'll let you know when we've experienced them. Well, let's start in Germany, a country where good beer can be found almost everywhere. Well, they've kind of put it into law, haven't they? That beer has to be pure. And so they're really, really, I mean, they're very German about it. They're very strict about their beer. Yeah, there's a lot of good that's come from that medieval beer purity law. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Uh, We've already talked about some of the different regions where we've enjoyed drinking beer, like Alt Beer and Dusseldorf and just regional specialities everywhere. And I think if you like beer, then just going to Germany and traveling around and trying beer and seeing how beer is presented in different ways. Like you were saying, Dusseldorf, you have those tiny little glasses and then you go other places, you have the huge steins that Germany is known for. Yeah, and so I think today let's focus in on Munich, which is the home of those one-liter steins. It's the home of Oktoberfest and that whole stereotype of Bavarian beer drinking. Now, I'd like to say that you don't have to go to Oktoberfest to experience beer in Munich. And in some ways, I'd probably say it's better not to because it's, it can be quite difficult to get a spot in one of the beer tents. And, you know, it's just one 
period of the year, whereas the beer is there all year round. Yeah, I mean, Munich's home to a lot of well-known names and, you know, they do sell beer, you know, <laughs> every month. Breweries like Hofbrau, Pauliner, Augustina, Lohenbrau, these are names that, that show up around the world. But what's important and different about drinking is how you drink your beer. And first of all, it's in a one-liter mug or stein. It's possible to have a smaller one. I mean, I don't think I could even lift a liter. So I usually go with the small one, which is 500 milliliters, which is still really quite big. Yeah, and, and that mug could be glass or it could be made out of porcelain. And there are some beautiful porcelain steins mm. around the place. And in fact, when we were in some of these dark, roomy cellars, which is one of the places to drink, right down in the brewery's own cellar, you know, low roofs, echo of people talking, long wooden tables, or sometimes little kind of niches mm -hmm. and little tables. But they quite often have local lockers mm -hmm. where people can keep their beer mug. So yeah, I remember you, seeing that first in Salzburg, yeah. which is very, very near Munich as well. Yeah, yeah. That was and cool. Yeah, so it's it's, it's quite cool. You, you can have your beer mug and it has its own locker in at the brewery. It's, it's fantastic, fantastic. But my, I reckon if you're in Munich or in that Bavarian part of the world, the best place to drink beer is out in a beer garden in summer. And... One of the most unique spots in the city is in the shadow of the Chinese Tower in the English Gardens. Oh my goodness, the English Gardens. Whenever I think of Munich, I always think of the English Gardens because one of the coolest things you can do is go down to the English Gardens and because of some sort of freak of engineering, they, they, they've got a little river that goes through the gardens and in order to put it under a bridge, they had to put a little pipe and the way the water comes out of the pipe creates a standing wave. And so people can go surfing on this on this little wave. And it's hilarious watching people in winter in their, like, wetsuits surfing on this tiny – I mean, it's small. I mean, the river is less than two meters wide at that point, right? And it's just, oh, hilarious. Yeah, you might think you've had a bit too much to drink, but no, that's really happening. <laughs> okay, let's take a step closer and let's talk about the Czech Republic then, because it's hard to miss Czechia's connection with beer when it's kind of the, the root of two of the biggest names in the beer world. Yeah, we, we're here in the Czech Republic at the moment, so it would be remiss not to talk about beer here. And it's quite interesting, when you look at a map of the Czech Republic, you'll see Prague, it's fairly central kind of north-west-ish. But then looking at the map, you'll probably see a couple of names that seem oddly familiar. Pilsen and Budweis. Okay, Budweis is often recorded as its actual name, which is Chesky Budovici. But in English maps, it's sometimes recorded as Budweis. So what is the significance of Budweis and Pilsen? Well, you might have heard of Budweiser and Pilsner, right? So those are two pretty important beer types. Yeah, absolutely. And beer drinking is a pretty serious sport in these parts. One of the things I've noticed about drinking here is how people cheers. Oh, yeah. Right? So when you, you cheers, you knock your glasses together like normal. Mm -hmm. But before you put that drink to your mouth, you bang your mug down on the table and then you drink. So mm. it's like clink, dunk, drink. Skull. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I quite like that. It's quite interesting because in Germany it's very different. You You look people in the eye when you're... When you're chasing. So you have to be looking at them when you say prost, and then you, you kind of drink while still looking at them. It's quite intense. So yeah, I think if you're in the Czech Republic, it's pretty important to 
maybe do a little pilgrimage to Chisky Boriviche and to Pilsen and go to the breweries, have a beer there. You just really feel like you're experiencing brewing culture, brewing heritage, right? Yeah, absolutely. We did that in our first trip through the Czech Republic and it stood us in good stead ever since. And, you know, you can find this beautiful, unfiltered Pilsner all over the city. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show when we talk about microbreweries and, uh, yeah, places to find good beer. So, I mean, how do you find the best beer and the best places to drink? Well, I think here in, in Prague, we've definitely been talking to people talking to locals, talking to people who have a favorite bar, and then going with them, perhaps, to those bars. Yeah, so we like family, friends, whoever you can find who live locally or have visited in the recent past. If you don't have those connections, then keep your eyes out for posters and ads. That has led us into some very interesting places around the world and not for not for events or sometimes for like micro events mm-hmm. like a, a bar might be having like a special beer festival or they might be bringing in a bunch of guest IPAs for a week or something like that and so by keeping an eye out for those we're constantly discovering new places yeah we mentioned talking to people who've been here before but you can also talk to people in your location right you can talk to people who live here hostel staff Airbnb hosts and hotel um, receptionists, for example. Yeah, yeah. If you don't like talking to people, apps can help. And there's one that I've found in most of the world called Untapped. And I use this. And what you do is you can find beers and then rank them. So give it a star rating, decide if it's in your flavor profile or not. And then it starts to surface other beers that you might like, Mm -hmm. which is great. But as well as the beers, it also talks about bars. And some bars even run their current beer menu or their current listings through the app. So for craft breweries, especially where they're cycling through a lot of different beers, you can see what they've got on at the moment. That's really cool. uh, Right in the app, which is pretty cool. Untapped. So U-N-T-A-P, I think it's Mm -hmm. P-D. They've done that. We couldn't get the domain name we wanted, so we skipped a letter thing. <laughs> uh, Google Maps can also be a good fallback because it's probably on your phone and you can search for bars near you, have a look at the star ratings and decide if it seems like a good fit. Another app that could be useful is meetup.com or the meetup.com app because people often organize meetups in bars, right? Mm-hmm. So that could be an option. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, we've found some fantastic places through food and drink tours. And so those kind of evening or half-day tours can take you to some really interesting places. But what's been best for us is like engaging the guide in conversation around their favorite bars and around places that they like to go Mm -hmm. after the tour, Yeah, you know, or places they go with their family or their friends. Yeah, you get some places that maybe aren't as interesting looking and and don't fit into a tour format, but are really fantastic. Also, magazines like Time Out or tourist magazines can often have some information about this kind of thing. Yeah, they're often pay to play. You you get places with, you know, a certain level of budget for marketing, but that's not to say that they're bad. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just what they are. And other websites like social question and answer websites like Quora, Reddit, that kind of thing can also have some some good gems. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we used a combination of these tools when we were in our next location, Columbia. 
Uh, we were in Medellin in Colombia, and you know, Medellin is more closely associated with other substances, but beer is on a serious, serious growth streak. Like the craft brewing scene there was really surprising. Yeah, we were a bit surprised because we didn't. Well, we didn't really know that much about what was going on there, and. I'm not sure how we found out about this brewery tour, but we did. And we went with our friend Momo to a brewery called Tres Cordilleras. And uh, in fact, you've still got a, a sticker on the back of your laptop. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it was just really cool. I mean, it was advertising tours uh, on a certain day of the week. So we went along and um, for a very cheap price, we got three tokens for different beers. I think they had five or six on tap. So we could have three of them. And as well as this, we got to, got shown around the brewery. And it was fascinating because... Not only was it very interesting to see the methods that they were using to make beer, but they were using some hops from New Zealand, so we felt kind of, you know, special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that sticker and, and the memory of those beers continue to travel with us. So, yeah, so after we finished up there, we ended up kind of brewery hopping a little bit <laughs> and went to another couple of brew bars as well. It was a great night. So while we were surprised at the quality of the beer in Medellin, our next location of Mexico was even more surprising because not not because of the quality. This this is in a different way. <laughs> Drinking beer in Mexico is kind of special because I don't know. They have this thing called a michelada, and I don't know. It it just still blows my mind. Linda, can you explain what a michelada is? A michelada. A michelada is like beer but adulterated. So most of the time. It's a beer, and in the most basic level, they add like tomato juice and maybe some spices to make it kind of spicy tomato beer. I don't know. But sometimes they add all sorts of things. The first and only time I actually had a michelada, we were in San Miguel de Allende, and so were our friends Pete and Daylene from Hector Travel, who we love. They're so awesome. And both Craig and Daylene were not so well, so Pete and I went off to do, I don't know, some photography or something. We're having a nice day out anyway. And on the way back we came across a stall that was selling something. And we looked at each other and we're like, what are they selling? And we just couldn't work it out, right? So we went up to a one of the per- people who were consuming this product and said, what, what are you, what is it? <laughs> we couldn't even work out if it was a food or a drink. He said, oh, it's a Michelada. And we, we looked at each other and we thought, you know, we know that Craig and Daylene will not have any interest in trying a Michelada because both of them had previously expressed their disdain for such a thing. So we looked at each other and we said, shall we? And we decided that we would. So we sat down, we ordered one. And wow, it was it was something else. It was a big kind of chalice bowl of a glass in which they put a whole bunch of seafood, like shrimps and I think there was an oyster and various other things, and then some tomato juice and some, like, chili sauce, and then the beer. And that was that was the Michelada. It was very odd. Yeah, I think we're going to have to post that, that photo of you with your Michelada in the show notes mm. so people can, can get an idea of this. But it was, yeah, I just, I, I, ma, I don't get it. I don't get it. So our next place. <laughs> Craig, <to> no. What? <laughs> you have to say that it's worth going to Mexico and trying a Michelada, or if you go to a Mexican restaurant or something, I would recommend you try it for a cultural experience, all right? It's weird. It's strange. But it is a way to drink beer, and you have to acknowledge that. Sure, sure. 
Cool. Well, at this point, I'd like to say thanks again to our sponsor, Visit Milwaukee, which is definitely a beer drinker's destination. As we mentioned, it's known as Brew City and it's home to the Miller Brewing Company, where you can still tour the brewery and view the original caves. Plus, there are over 40 craft brewer experiences, from those that are brand new to those that have been around for forever and ever, by which I mean decades. Milwaukee's beer culture is found all over the city, beer museums, hotels, as well as beer gardens all over the place. So check out visitmilwaukee.org slash indie in order to find your perfect beer experience. Well, let's pop back over to Europe and take a look at the UK, which is a much more sedate, much more traditional look at beer. And I don't think you'd get away with a Michelada. Probably not. In fact, I think there would be a revolt. (laughs) Protests in the street, you know, things like that. Especially in the aspect of British beer that is my favourite, which is Real Ale Festivals. So Britain has this organisation called CAMRA, the Campaign for Real Ales, and as well as promoting real ale in pubs and things like that, they also put on local festivals right around the country. So what is real ale as opposed to fake ale? Well, it's all to do with with how it's brewed, how it's processed, how it's stored. And real ale comes from a keg, you know, where it's still going through its natural processes. So you don't kill off the yeast and the bacteria in order to be able to bottle it. A real ale is continuing to age and change its flavor profile in the barrel or in the keg. Uh, You can get real ale put into bottles, but they have a shorter shelf life than commercial beers because they're still processing away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we've been to a couple of uh, real ale festivals. And I remember, in fact, when we very first started traveling overseas, so we left New Zealand, we traveled to the UK. And before we even went to Malta, which was our first main destination, we spent a couple of days in St. Albans with our friends Paul and Kirsty, and we went to a real ale festival. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was our first experience. And what blew my mind was that as well as, you know, beer from all of the different commercial breweries and some little experimental stuff that they were trying and things like that, obviously very high quality beer and and produced to that commercial standard. There was also beer that this guy Kevin made in his <laughs> garage, right? There were like there were home brewers that were bringing their beers out to a festival, and I really liked that. That just blew my mind. It was so community driven. You mm-hmm. didn't, you know, you you could micro batch beer in your house mm-hmm. and bring it along and represent it at these festivals. And I just thought that was amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. And also when we were in Arundel a couple of years ago, we got to know our next door neighbours, uh, Jules and Dan, and they took us along to a, a brewery festival, a brewery festival in a neighbouring town called Old, O-L-D, crazy. It was just this little festival in a, in a pub, but they had kind of 20 to 30 beers and some ciders. I really like real ciders. They are so good. Yeah, yeah, same thing there, right? Produced to be uh, barrel-aged. Yeah, and that's, that's quite a good point, actually. If you don't like beer, sometimes you can get a similar experience with cider. Yeah, yeah, like when we took your mum to a beer festival uh, in the UK a couple of years ago. Yeah, when we were staying in Great Fimber, I think we went along to Stowmarket, and it wasn't a very big festival, but it was really fun. And my mum wasn't a big drinker, but she still found some things that she enjoyed. 
<laughs> Let's go from the UK to the colonies. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to talk about our home of New Zealand because we know there's so much good beer there, and a lot of it doesn't get exported. New Zealand is the home of some truly bad lagers. So <laughs> If you've had New Zealand beer overseas, that's probably what you've encountered, and we're sorry for that. We're sorry. But like a lot of places, even the big companies are starting and they're being forced to improve because of that growing market share of craft beers. Yeah, it's really great. In a lot of bars these days, you can walk into a bar and there'll be something really cool on tap. So that's really great. But there are also some good little breweries that you can go and visit and try a range of their beers. Yeah, one of the places, if you're like flying in, flying out of Auckland and you're heading out west at all, go to Kumu and in Kumu you'll find Halatau, which is a great brewery. And we'll talk about a few more favourites in our next section, which is to go and find craft brew bars. So this doesn't matter what country you're in, it's all about the places now. And I reckon craft brew bars fall into two different categories. There are those where they stock a wide range of beers from all over the place, and there are those where they brew on-site and then sell their own beers. Yeah, so for example, last night we went to Zlaikasi. We're still not sure how to say that. But it was recommended by my course tutor. We went along and they had a huge range, and they weren't all produced on-site. Some of them were, but they also had a bunch of different beers from all around the place. Yeah, it was fantastic, and some of the names of them were uh, <laughs> extraordinary, extraordinary. I mean, one was called Bikini, which is quite low-key, but there was one that had a, an expletive in the name, which I wouldn't wouldn't say on, on air. Oh, I, your <laughs> review. I think that's probably the right thing to do. Mm. The, the most exciting, I don't know if this bar is even still open, and I think we've talked about it a fair bit, but it was the first time that we've seen this concept was a bar called The Pony in New York. And at The Pony, every beer was five bucks, and you never knew what they were going to be serving. So they had a whole range of kegs that they brought in from breweries uh, around the city and around the country, a few international guests as well. But they would just put a bar on tap, and when the keg was finished, they'd bring out a completely different beer and put that on. That's a really cool concept, not one I've seen around the place a lot, but it was executed so well there. Yeah, and I remember talking to the, the bartender and he was saying that there were some beers that were so popular that as soon as it got put on, and they put it on the website that this beer was on and people would drop what they were doing, come from all around the city to come and have a glass of this beer, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, neat, eh? So neat. Uh, and then there's places where they sell their own beer. So I said we'd name drop a couple of places in Auckland. There's Galbraith's, which is uh, the top end of the city. One of New Zealand's oldest microbreweries, I, I would say. Mm -hmm. Certainly been around as, as long as I've been around. <laughs> uh, and then right near it now is a second one, Brothers Brewery. And so it's neat having these two independent brew pubs just, I don't know, a five-minute walk away from each other. Yeah, it's really nice. We've been going to Brothers Brewery quite a lot recently because it's a really nice space for hanging out with your friends. And there are lots of different areas, couches and chairs and stuff. So good good place for a party. So that's Auckland. What about Prague? Well, in Prague, gosh, where to start, where to finish? <laughs> uh, call, out, call out two places, I think. One is a small chain of bars that we went to quite a lot the last time we were here. We got introduced to it by Charlie from uh, J-Way Travel. 
uh, and they're called locale, and in the like local. Yeah, so, with a K. With a K, yeah. And so in in local, they make their own beer. It's unpasteurized. It's fresh from the keg, and it's in your glass. And similarly, this time around, Charlie introduced us to a place called Cantina, which is is just one of them, unlike local, where there's a few. But once again, really fresh beer, unpasteurized, beautiful pilsner. And Cantina has some of the best carpaccio and oh, yum, great food, great food. <laughs> it's like they, they took a butcher and a brewery and they just smashed them together. Seems to be working. Yeah. One thing I liked about Cantina is you can't reserve a table. We, we went there soon after we arrived in Prague. I think it was our second day. And we didn't appreciate how important this was. But over the last couple of weeks, we've really realized that a lot of people will book their table in the pub. So we'll arrive and we'll want a table and there won't be any available, even though the whole pub is empty of people, <laughs> except for little signs on all the tables saying reserved. So we found that when we went out for margaritas the other day. We found that when we went to um, the pub last night. So, yeah, definitely something to be aware of. Yeah, yeah. Now, we're getting towards the end of the show, and I know that there are thousands tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands <laughs> of North American beer drinkers who are getting really annoyed that we haven't mentioned any of their favorite places. But when we were doing the show, when we were prepping it, we were thinking about it and we decided, you know, we really wanted to just speak about places that we've been to because we can speak about them with confidence and beer and confidence go well together. <laughs> So we want to do a shout out for drinking beer wherever your favorite beer is from. And yeah, I think it's worth traveling. Absolutely. I mean, we, we mentioned earlier going to, to Pilsen and to Ceski Budivice. And I think that that was a really meaningful experience because we would heard about this beer, we'd drunk this beer, and now we could go to where it was made. So I think if you have a favorite beer, travel to where it's made and have a drink there. It's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's quite neat just sitting in the brewery where it's made and, and drinking your, your favorite drink. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, a great place to drink beer is wherever you happen to be. Yes. You know, probably not at work, but still. <laughs> I'm thinking more if you're traveling around Southeast Asia, you should drink the local beer. You know, uh, if you're in Laos, you should drink beer Lao. You know, if mm. you're, wherever you are, drink the beer that everyone else is drinking or, or preferably drink the beer that's from that place. Yeah, yeah, definitely give it a go wherever it is. Cool. I am getting a bit thirsty, and I did put a beer in the fridge earlier, <laughs> so I think we should wrap up the show. Well, that's us for this week. Until next time, travel well.